Well, I'd like to welcome you all to the, I can't remember what we call this podcast now, but we are three pods on the podcast talking about podiatry and pod-related problems. Uh, I should probably avoid saying that if I've ever had a gin or two. And I want to welcome to the airwaves tonight uh, my colleague, Dave from Kidderminster. Dave James, as a matter of fact. Now, we're normally here as a threesome with our other colleague, Tim Vesey Smith, who is based in Kent. Uh, Tim can't be with us tonight, but we are going to reschedule a date to have him on with us regarding some other myths. We're going to be talking about some of the foot remedy myths tonight, and um, we're going to focus on Tim's area of expertise on um, injury-based and uh, musculoskeletal stuff next time. But tonight, Dave and I have had a little chat and we have decided we're going to cover some of the interesting topics. And I'm going to say hi, Dave. Hi, how you doing? I'm fine, thank you. So I'm going to be a client coming to see you with a history okay are you up for that i'm up for that although i i would normally call my clients patients all right but, i'm going to be your patient then. but everyone everyone differs on terminology so uh, so yeah i'm happy with patient you're happy with client we're all happy okay so we'll just get going dave so i rock up to your clinic and i come in and i say mr james i've got this problem with my toenails now, I've consulted the internet and it told me to put Vicks on it and it's not looking too good. What do you think? Oh, Vicks. Oh, Vicks. That is, that is one which really, really, really winds us podiatrists up. So let's take a step back. Obviously, you've taken your shoes and socks off for me because it's very, oh, yes. difficult, very difficult to have a look without those. And I'm assuming that you know, you're going to have toenails which are discolored possibly thickened and, and with the discoloration there's going to be any number of different colors from from white through to kind of green to brown which yeah they've, they've gone yellowy and crumbly and my friend's aunt's budgerigar told me to put vix on it as well as the internet <laughs> so we're going to make the assumption here that you have a fungal nail infection which is is particularly common um in the people who wear shoes in fact it's really really common across the uk and a lot of people will have fungal infections which they just don't know about and you've, you've described some of those symptoms beautifully where we're looking at thickening, change of colour, possibly some kind of crumbliness and, and, and sometimes a change of shape as well. So the first thing I'm going to say to you is the VIX is not licensed to be used on your feet, so it needs to go somewhere else. And that's mostly as a decongestant or on your chest. Now, VIX does actually contain some menthol and it does actually contain some, some bleach type products called terpenoids, which unfortunately tend to change over a period of time and they can actually lead to bleaching parts of your feet and what we end up with then is we actually end up with a, a contact dermatitis so a, an inflammation of the skin which isn't particularly good the other thing with Vicks and, and so so are you telling me I've just made my condition worse absolutely and and absolutely and one of the things which Vicks also does is it softens the nail which in itself isn't a bad thing why isn't it a bad thing well, what we're trying to do with any kind of fungal nail treatment is actually get to treat the nail bed. The infection isn't in the nail per se, the infection is in the nail bed underneath. So we have to get rid of a huge amount of that nail first in order to treat that fungal nail infection. So softening the nail is good because it means we can get rid of the nail much, much easier. 
But the problem with VIX is that it will also soften the, the epinicium or the cuticle area. And that is a barrier to, to fungus and bacteria actually getting into to the nail unit, the nail matrix where the nail grows from. And once you end up with the infection going in there, that can lead to other problems such as infection of the skin, fungal infection and bacterial infection of the skin. So we want to protect that as much as possible. Right. I know you're going to go on to telling me all the things that I should have used, but we'll save that a little bit longer. Okay. So I forgot to tell you in my history that prior to using the Vicks, I had to go with tea tree oil because my uncle's friend's aunt's dog told me that that was useful for using on fungal toenails as well. Um, is that not a good idea? Well, what I'm actually going to do is offer the, your, was it your, your uncle's aunt's <laughs> dogs cats friends brother i'm actually going to give them my podiatry degree because if, if that's what people are using we really don't need podiatrists do we um tea tree oil is an absolute no-no tea tree oil has been touted as as the most amazing treatment for absolutely everything and what i would say is just step away from the tea tree oil tea tree oil again are you laughing over there now sorry <laughs> Sorry, I can't help it. That's all right. That's all right. This is, this is, you can tell this is on the fly. Now, tea tree oil um, <laughs> is touted as an alternative therapy. Sorry, Diane is, is laughing quite a lot. <laughs> you can see the video. This is very anyway, back on track. Tea tree, oil, tea tree oil is actually used as an alternative therapy. And what tea tree oil does is it contains terpenoids, which are bleach products. And as you open the... Terpenoids again? You said terpenoids. Terpenoid. I know, oh, I said God. terpenoids twice. And what the tea tree oil will actually do is those terpenoids will worsen over time when they're exposed to air. And again, that can cause contact dermatitis. It can cause inflammation. And actually, when you use it for fungal nail infections and for athlete's foot, it will look like it's worsening the infection. So it'll look like it's, it's actually not improving at all. And... I think what we have to be careful of with tea tree oil as well is we're not able to control the dose that we're applying to the nails or to the skin. The other thing to say both about Vicks and about tea tree oil is they have no antifungal properties at all. So you're essentially using something which might make you feel better, but it isn't going to do anything for the fungal infection of your skin. So please pass that on to your uncle's cat's friend's dog's cat's brother. <laughs> They need okay. to know. If they're listening to this podcast, all I can say to you is woof. Okay, then. So what should we be using if we think we well, first of all, how do we how do we find out whether we have or we haven't got a fungal nail infection for sure? Okay. So a fungal nail infection is is pretty much a purely clinical diagnosis. So we would look at it and we would assess it and we would make a, a judgment based on what we see in front of us. So the symptoms we've talked about before, the, the changes to the actual nail plate, the discoloration, the crumbliness will be a very, very strong indicator of a fungal nail infection. There are other things which can mimic a fungal nail infection, and I won't go into detail on those, but you're looking at changes like a thickening of the nail due to trauma. You're also looking at things like psoriasis, which can affect the nails as well. But if we're talking purely fungal, the other things we would look at is we would actually look at the skin, and we're likely to see a, an athlete's foot infection. So that is a fungal infection of the skin, which can be on the bottom of the feet. It can be between the toes. It can be both. It can be itchy. You were going to Would say. it always be itchy? Not always, no. It, it, it's, you can quite often get a, an athlete's foot infection, which just is, very, is, is a very resistant dry skin. So you may be using a moisturiser on a daily basis, but the skin never seems to improve. It's always dry. And again, like fungal nails, a lot of people have fungal infections of the skin, which they just don't know are there. 
So we're looking at that as a as an indicator for a fungal nail infection. And fungal nails tend to be what we call the end point of fungal foot disease. So once you've got a fungal nail infection, you know that you've got a fairly serious infection. The other thing to look at is, is shoes. You'll find a lot of people will have shoes which they've used for a long, long time, where, or they're in jobs where they wear shoes all day. So we're talking shoes with, with toe tectors or boots or even people who don't actually get round to changing their shoes and letting them rest on day to day. So we've got that history, that social history, as well as the observational stuff we see. Okay, so you, I come to see you. You reckon I've got a fungal nail infection and I've got some traces of it on my skin as well. What are you going to do for me? Okay, so the key thing really is to, is to manage the, the fungal load. It's to manage the level of fungus which is in the skin and in the nail. Now, with, with the purely athlete's foot infection, that's relatively easy because we know it hasn't infected the nails. But when we come to a fungal nail infection, it gets a, a little bit more complicated and it's much, much harder to sort out to a, to a good resolution. Now, as a first port of call, things I would want to treat would be shoes. So you'll be treating those with an antifungal powder, making sure that you rest them between uses. So maybe even let them rest for a couple of days between uses and let them dry out. And as a, a really bizarre statistic, we've got something like 250,000 sweat glands in each foot and we sweat half a pint of sweat per foot per day. And that's not a nice thought. And that contains, it's a, it's a stew of bacteria and fungus and it's not particularly nice. So we want to make sure that we manage that element of the infection as well. Then we look at treating the, the feet and we look at creams for athlete's foot. And that is, is something along the lines of a tabinifying cream, which is a, a very good all-round cream, which treats both yeast and fungus. And that's probably a, probably a good area to get onto, that some of the creams out there, which are for athlete's foot, only treat yeast, so they're not getting the fungal component, which is why we get a lot of people who don't get good effects from that. Then if we've got a fungal nail infection, we need to actually manage the nail. And that can involve um, treatments which we apply directly to the nail, or it can apply, or we can actually apply treatments which go through and penetrate the nail, or we can actually have treatments which remove the nail completely to treat it. So there's a number of things which we want to look at treating. Now, with everyone, I'd want to be treating shoes and I'd want to be treating skin. Now, depending on how much the infection is on the nail would depend on one of the therapies we choose to use. But I'm going on holiday next week. Can you fix it in that length of time? No. Next question. But what we can do is we can make it, we can certainly make it a lot easier for you. Um, treating a fungal nail infection to, to make sure it's completely treated can take months, if not years. And, <clears throat> excuse me, depending on the level of infection that you have in the nail, if it involves the nail matrix, where the nail matrix, where the nail grows from, you've essentially got a factory producing nail, which has very poor quality ingredients in the first place, and you know the nail's going to be affected. This all sounds very depressing. No, no, it's not depressing at all, because you have podiatrists to help you, and we're wonderfully friendly people with a fantastic sense of humour. Do you know, it, it's, I have a lot of conversations with people about fungal nails, and one of the things we have to manage is expectations. People expect a miracle, with fungal nails and I think that's where Vixen Tea Tree all gives them that miracle but actually it, treating fungal nails is a really really intensive thing it takes a lot of effort and a lot of time and it's and it's not always successful um just going on to sorry you're gonna ask me a question well mm. I, well I was gonna say that I, I have forgot to tell you that I did have this fungal nail three years ago and I got rid of it after a course of tablets and it's come back 
you see the tablets are great but that's what the tablets what often is done with the tablets is you people don't manage the other things um around them so the you know shoes socks and and skin as well and people i think take the tablets which can affect liver and kidneys doctors don't like to prescribe them because they can have an effect on liver and kidneys and we you know they like to check those on a regular basis but I think people get into the habit of tablets and think that's going to sort everything else out and don't put the other bits of hard work in. Just to give you an idea of some of the other treatments which you might use, we um, sometimes use a treatment which will drill holes into the nail plate so we can get an antifungal medication through the nail into the nail plate. You There's... drill holes into my nail? That's, and that's why I became a podiatrist, just because I get to drill holes into nails. That but sounds a bit scary. It's, it's, only, it's only scary when it's done by somebody who isn't a professional. We have a couple of different options for that. There is a, a piece of equipment out there called Clear Nail, which uses very, very fine drills and a, and a fantastically clever handpiece, which detects when the drill has gone through the nail plate and then stops because it feels a change in pressure. Um, and also there's a, there's a system out there called the Lacuna system, which involves a, a set of um, burrs, one's a round burr, one's a sharp burr, which is used to drill into the nail. And that's a very skilled procedure, which we can do as well. There is a bit of method in the, in the madness of the size of the holes we drill, because it all comes down to science and capillary actions and, and, and boring stuff, which we shouldn't be talking about on a podcast. But it allows the medication to go through quite easily. Okay, so if I'm not able to come to your clinic, which obviously I would clearly try and make the effort to do, um, but if I can't, what are the things that I should be doing or asking um, to resolve my problem? I suppose the, the things you should be doing would be your very basic hygiene stuff. So look after your um, look after your shoes, make sure that they rest between treatments and make sure that um, you use a dusting powder such as uh, Dactarin, which you can get from, from most pharmacists or chemists. The second thing. Oh. So does, does every podiatrist. So if I, if I need to approach a more local podiatrist to me here in Warrington, say, um, does every podiatrist offer the services that you've just described? No, I think I think there's a, a lot of podiatrists will will very simply offer what we call debridement of the nail. So they'll thin down the nail so you can apply some medication to the the to what's left of the nail plate. Um, and the other thing which a lot of podiatrists can actually offer is nail surgery. So we can use local anaesthetic to remove the nail um, because once you get rid of the nail, you've also got rid of the infection, and it can either grow back. And we can treat it with antifungal medication or we can stop it growing back with a chemical called phenol, which, which yes, essentially stops the nail from coming back and, and prevents you from having a fungal infection. And those, so the routine treatment and the surgical treatment are probably what most podiatrists would be using. There are other treatments which podiatrists can use, such as lasers. Um, lasers have very, very mixed reviews in terms of their effectiveness, and the equipment's quite expensive as well, so it's not something which most podiatrists would go out and purchase. So there are other things we can look at. Um, but mostly it's, it's around the, the routine hygiene stuff. It's the looking after your shoes, looking after your socks, so making sure you've got um, socks of natural fiber, cotton or, or bamboo, um, making sure that you, you wash and dry and dry particularly between your toes and dry your feet well um, and use some antifungal creams as well. I think the thing to always add on this is, is make sure that you've seen a professional first to tell you how to use these things. But you can get a lot of these things from the pharmacist quite easily. 
Okay, so to summarise then what you've been talking to me about there, Dave, in terms of antifungal treatments for both skin and nails, there is no evidence that Vicks works for that at all. There is no evidence that tea tree oil works for that at all. In fact, there's evidence to suggest that both of those things cause more problems than they solve. Um, Getting the right diagnosis is important because there are other situations where fungal nails can be mimicked, like you said about psoriasis. Um, getting a fully, or rather a broad spectrum antifungal like tabinafen is probably the mode of choice. Is that 100% successful? Ooh, no, nothing's 100% successful, but I think... The if you're using the right medications and the right treatments at the right time, you stand a better chance than using the the wrong stuff at any any time. Um, I ballpark get, statistic. Ah, uh, do you know? It's really difficult to put. I, I'd say probably with treating athletes' foot with the right treatment, so tabinifying cream, managing your shoes, managing your socks. I'd say you probably get about 95% resolution. The, the, the other 5% tends to be patients who have a bacterial infection with it as well, or they have jobs where their feet are particularly sweaty and they're very, very difficult to treat. Fungal nails, that's a difficult one. I'd probably say 50-50. Um, it, it's, it's because of the time it takes to treat them. It's because of the, the intensive nature of treatment, and it's because of the buy-in from patients and clients. You, you've got to work hard at it. And a lot of people will turn around and go, you know, actually they're not as bad as I thought they were. Do you, do you think that tends to be the most common pattern of things that happens with people that can't get rid of these things? They get a bit tired of having to do the regular routine of the lifestyle change that it requires to get on top of it? Absolutely. Absolutely. I think there's a, you know, it, it, it must be very frustrating for any patient to be treating something for 18 months and there's going to be a chance that you won't actually get rid of it. Um, which is where some of the treatments where we actually drill into the nail, I think are very, very useful because we can, <coughs> excuse me, we can actually get quite a good, you know, quite a, a far way down the line by removing the bulk of that nail. And I certainly think seeing a podiatrist to reduce down the bulk of the nail can make things more effective. But yeah, every, every patient is different. Every nail is different and it, it's just trying to manage people's expectations and find a therapy which works for them. Super. Thanks for that, Dave. One last thing I do want to ask about before we move away from the subject of fungal nails or nail problems is you, you mentioned psoriasis and the appearance of psoriasis affecting the nail, mimicking that of uh, fungal nails is there any treatment that we can have for psoriasis of the nails really the treatments for psoriasis are, are again very individual and numerous and certainly if you look at treatments for psoriasis such as sunlight sunlight will work for some people and make the psoriasis much better um, but for other people it will actually make it worse so again it's a very very individual thing and sometimes it's <coughs> try and, and see what happens in terms of the nails particularly um, a regular routine of thinning down of the nail for comfort and debridement of the nail with, with what we call burrs um, works very, very well. There are also some good medications out there which contain high concentrations of urea, 
So urea is a, is a keratolytic and it breaks down keratin, which is the main protein in nail. So things like Mtrix and there is another one, and I can't remember the name of it for the moment, Canaspro, there we go, Canaspro. And they both have very, very different concentrations of urea. But I would only advise using those under the direction of a podiatrist because the urea can cause some damage if not used carefully to the cuticle and epinicular area. And that can lead to infections getting in there. So it's something which... I'd say under the direction of podiatrist is good. But really what you're doing is treating for, for cosmesis, how they look and for comfort. Well, you know, um, I might be going to a wedding and needing to wear peep toe shoes. And if I've got uh, psoriasis of the nails, that's something I'm going to be self-conscious of. Is there anything that you can do to make them look better? Yeah, you can thin them down and you can have a, a nail, a false nail applied. There's a, there's a technique called, and I'm going to try and pronounce this properly, called Vildepedic, which is a, a false, you thin down the nail and you apply a, you know, layers of, of, of acrylic to the nail and you build it up to, to make it look like a false nail. And these can be painted like normal nails and have the nail varnish removed like normal nails and you can color match them to to other toenails as well it's it's something i don't offer in my clinic but it's something which i really really interested in especially for those patients who don't want to have toenails removed um and they just want to cover up it's 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 a great solution it is and uh, it is a service that i do offer in my clinic and you're quite right dave uh, i've had clients that have come to see me who've been really quite depressed about the appearance of the toenails and um, when we've done a reconstruction on them they've, they've gone out you know they've, they've come in sort of feeling pretty miserable and they've gone out smiling so it is it is something that can have a positive psychological effect as well as a physical effect so I want to thank you there Dave for covering all things fungal nail tea tree oil Vicks um, and uh, I think we've pretty well blasted that subject. So thanks very much for that. And uh, we'll say bye-bye until the next podcast on that one. Thanks for joining us and listening to that. Bye for now, folks. Bye-bye.